terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. What's up, everybody? It's Sunday, August 26, 2012, episode 127 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. My name's Ian. What's up, Ian? Another another episode. This is going to be a little different. Uh, if you guys recall, on the last episode, we were talking about a trip I was taking. I have returned, and I also brought a friend from Mexico, uh, AJ. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, Matt? How's it going? We're good. Uh, yep, I was also a participant in the trip. I went halfway out of the United States, ended <laughs> up middle of nowhere, Cancun. Isn't that to crazy to think about? Like the the lengths that we went to for something that isn't even like uh, scientifically tested for reasons we mentioned last episode, of course. Oh, yeah, and it's also a uh, Schedule 1 controlled substance in the United States. Right, Mm -hmm. and we'll we'll talk about this uh, when we talk about our trips, but one thing I kept going back to was I had this vision of the federales, like, breaking through the windows and, like, just getting us out of there. And I I don't know why. I kept tripping out on that. Like, I shouldn't be here right now, and I'm hallucinating so hard. Like, if that happened... I don't know what I would do, and I just like it was so terrible. Didn't you say uh, you you uh, had a vision of the nurse like trying to throw all the all the medicine into her like little bag? Yeah, or I was like I was hallucinating. Like like I said, it's it's the most intense trip. I mean, if you if you ever take ibogaine, you you'll know that it's so intense. Like it more so than mushrooms or acid, and I, these are what I was kind of comparing it to. And so I'm laying there just tripping, and the nurse comes in, and to me, I see panicked nurse talking to another nurse who all of a sudden gets panicked, and this is all in Spanish, so I have no idea what they're saying. And then all of a sudden, she starts, like, moving things out of the room, like, box it, like, all of their stock where the medication stuff was. And I was like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, they're coming for us. Oh, shit, we're fucked. They're coming for us. And then I just... I, I then I remembered I was tripping and I'm like, all right, nothing's happened yet. It's okay, and, and, and you can't move. No, you're paralyzed. That's why I was waiting for them to just wheel us away next after the supplies. <laughs> it Which was is crazy. a huge difference between being on other hallucinogens. Yeah, that you can stand up. I can <gasps> run away if or necessary. do something. You Else? know, I could. Yeah. you know, go to the restroom by myself. And that was another thing that kind of made it weird. Like I've never tripped medically, and. A trip is a lot A lot of it's influenced by your environment The people you're with, stuff like that And so if you're in this hospital bed With an IV And, and oh, yeah, you can't yeah, Like IV. did you feel any of that just AJ? I mean it's just It was so intense and scary But then it wasn't, it was calming and You know like uh, Like I said for the first 15 minutes You know the IV it honestly really bothered me for a little bit, Didn't man. It? it was just like having this foreign object. It's like, I can drink water. I'll be okay. 
No, but I mean, like when I first felt the, you know, the come up or whatever, um, eventually I had to like sit up and like ask the doctor, like, doc, are you supposed to have trouble breathing? Because for <laughs> me, I felt like I had to think about breathing, man. Like it wasn't doing it automatically, or at least I thought it wasn't doing it automatically. Like I had to manually think about every <laughs> right. breath. And I you know, I, I, I associate that with the disassociativeness of the experience and i think i I haven't talked to the doctor yet but i think that's what keeps you from having withdrawal pains it it disconnects you from your body and i don't know personally i felt like this helmet was on my head and i felt my brain just going crazy and i (laughs) felt this warm protective coating over my body that i i knew how long it had been since my last morphine and I was like, I should be sick as a dog right now. And I didn't feel anything. And then I tried to move and I like couldn't. I mean, I could a little bit, but it it was it was hard, you know. And I mean, if, if you didn't listen to last episode, basically, I went on a trip to Cancun, Mexico to uh, an Ibogaine clinic for some detox, good, healthy, 24 hour hallucinating detox. And uh, last episode and the last episode of the Buffer Overflow show, we talked all about like what we had read about, but none of us had ever experienced it. So, you know, I I go into it in this head that like I hallucinated all the time when I was younger. I've eaten 10 strips. I've eaten 15. Like it's nothing. This is going to be a walk in the park. And then like I'm I'm laying there after, you know, the first day you you get all your tests done and then you you hang out for a couple of days and then you go in and they do the IV and they put you in in the room and he gives you a test dose to make sure you're not allergic to it because it's coming from the iboga plant i'm i'm allergic personally to penicillin like just a random antibiotic that's widely used and if you know if i got a good dose of that it'd kill me so they they give you a test dose of the ibogaine and then like half hour later the doctor comes in with four more or whatever your dose is and i took those and i remember just laying there for like an hour and i kept thinking to myself this is bunk i just got ripped off like i don't feel anything <laughs> and then, like, 20 minutes after that, it, it, it wasn't like mushrooms or acid where it, it gradually comes up and then you peak and then you gradually come down. This was, like, sober, sober, pissed, got ripped off. Holy shit. <laughs> what the? Oh, man. I was not prepared for it at all. First time, how I knew I was really starting a trip was when I looked up at the roof, you know, the smooth yeah. fucking white wall. And it was and breathing? It looked like the surface of the fucking moon, man. <laughs> <laughs> Craters <laughs> everywhere and just really? working like, Oh, know. man. The thing that really tripped me out was that air conditioning unit because it had those little LED lights. And I was watching light getting sent from the unit across the room and then back again, like a Tron light cycle thing. (laughs) Every time I'd open my eyes, and that will take you out of the visions you're having. If you close your eyes, you go deep into whatever it wants to show you. I remember I keep opening my eyes every time the door would open or anything I heard. Like I was really, I was heightened, hyper aware of everything because I was... You know, no one speaks English, really. I'm hallucinating. It was just, I needed to be hyper aware. And, like, I was just watching those lights go back and forth and then the room doing the the moving, breathing thing. And, man, it, it, intense. Now, uh, AJ, you you wrote a trip report for, uh, what website was that for? Uh, It was for the Something Awful Forums, uh, the Crackhead Clubhouse. Um, You know, I could definitely... uh, 
send that to you too if you wanted to link it or something. Yeah, I have it here. I'll throw it in the the show notes at hotboxpodcast.com so everyone can read it. But do you want to – the part I really liked about what you wrote was um, – when you instantly got transported into your bloodstream and seeing the Iboga spirit, this transparent purple amorphous blob with a solid black geometric thing in the middle of it, coursing through my body in slow motion. <laughs> like, w- were you... Because those, those visions are so vivid. Like, you were there, right? Right, dude. I was basically teleported inside my body. So, I mean, uh, I, read la- I read later, um, for what it's worth, I really, um, really the closest thing I could compare it to would be like a breakthrough salvia trip. And it's funny because um, with the pharmacology of the ibogaine, apparently it acts on the same uh, kappa and mu. It has the same affinity for the kappa and mu opioid receptors as uh, salvia. I didn't know salvia had those properties. That's interesting. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that salvia might be able to have somewhat of the same withdrawal um properties but minus the 24 hour (laughs) trip yeah exactly i read something on the wiki that said treating people with ibogaine without the hallucination and like the more i read it the more it felt like you almost need the hallucination part i would definitely agree with you in that aspect because i think the introspectiveness and then the visions it gives you it helps a lot with also the psychological aspect, not just, you know, the physical withdrawal symptoms. Yeah, and think about it. If you could just go there and take these capsules and be better, like, there's nothing in your head that's saying, you don't want to do this again. Like, this is a 24-hour trip through hell and back. If there was uh, no hallucinating uh, aspect to it, it would just be too easy, I think. I, I don't know. Uh, dude, honestly, man, it... It didn't feel like 24 hours to me. It felt really? like, I mean, dude, like the visions, it was definitely like 300 hours. Yeah. But I'm, to me, it felt like three hours or something. You I know? think I what it was. I woke right away after about 23 and a half hours and I was like, whoa, it's already been fucking a whole day. I, I mean, think I for don't me, know. It, for me, it just felt like a long dream or a long nap or something. It was like the last, I think, four hours for me that really drug out because I wasn't hallucinating anymore, but I wasn't. I don't know. I, I was in this middle, like, purgatory of, of sorts. And that <laughs> like just that. seemed to go on forever and ever. But when you're peaking and tripping, like, it, parts of it were fun. I mean, we, we saw a documentary and this guy was like, it's not a fun trip. Like, it's work. And it, it definitely is. It's it's so much work. And you come out of it, your body is pretty wrecked, you know. Like, just laying in a bed for 24 hours. Like, try to do that someday when you have a weekend. Like, the next day you'll get out of bed and fall over <laughs> or something, you know, atrophied. And it's not that severe, but it's enough that it's noticeable. Yeah. I didn't have the uh, last uh, 12 hours being a whole introspective like type deal. I was honestly tripping. Oh, yeah. Like the whole time. Hour 16 or 17 rolls around and you're still like in this peak. Just like, is this going to end? This this may not ever end. I may be like this forever. <laughs> and then you go down that rabbit hole and Yeah. But I don't know, man. What what were you like everybody I talked to back here, Ian, like they were worried. Like overly and I don't know if that's just like social media and people like putting their best Who foot forward. Who did you talk to? 
just random people on Facebook that were leaving comments. And then when I got back, like my mom was like, this person called and the doctor that I had here called and, you know, like overly worried. Is that just because like Mexico hallucinating like that whole thing or like were you, you worried were, no at all you not were at just all. like no even before you left i like after we talked about it i was like excited yeah for you. Like, i was like cool for, yeah yeah totally. oh my god really you get to it seemed like the the older maybe that's what it was just older people were like worried oh well <laughs> when they were 20 they ate mushrooms that one time that one and it t- scared them yeah yeah that and, one time and now this kid's going to mexico to eat some hallucinogen i've never heard well, of and they're calling it treatment. I better yeah. call. Like, what kind of treatment is this? You know, I, I think that sometimes doubt creates concern in people. Sure. You know, and if they doubt something or if they don't know about it, it's scary. Yeah. You know, and if most most people haven't even heard of ibogaine. Matter of fact, uh, until you told me about it, I hadn't heard about it. Yeah. And anybody that I've mentioned it to, they don't even know like what I it said is. on the last episode, I had first heard about it quite a few years ago on a forum, and it was just a random question I came across. That someone was like, have you guys ever heard of using ibogaine to detox? And nobody, everyone right. was like, no, what, what's that? And then I never thought anything of it. And then, you know, just before I left, I was like, you know, you get to that bottom out point. Now, Je- uh, AJ, where where did you come from? And like, what was... Because I noticed a lot of people there came from all over the states, and they all had we all had the same exact story. Uh, you know, okay. To be uh, so one kind of comment. Um, to be honest, uh, I think the statistics that are put out online by maps um, kind of could kind of create some type of concern for people. Because, I mean, they, they say that one in 300 die or, like, 1% or something like that. But, uh, you know, as you do more research into it, you find out that those fatalities are more in regards to already pre-existing health conditions, like heart conditions, liver conditions, or if they, take, they took opiates or their drug of choice uh, too, too early before the trip. And Ibogaine potentiates any drug, any substance, so they might have overdosed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, going back to your question, uh, yeah, I came from Orange County, California. We're about an hour, hour and a half away from the border. And so, yeah. What's the, what's the big problem down there that you had mentioned when I was talking to you uh, when I first got there? Oh, well, dope, man. I mean... Dope. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I mean, honestly... Because of the way Purdue uh, reformulated the Oxycontins uh, to become, you know, abuse-proof, uh, people were moving from that, moving from that to Roxy's, which are, you know, 30 milligrams, but they're... They're instant release. And we talked about this on the show because Canada was having a big problem with that also because they straight up just banned them completely. And everyone turned into heroin addicts at that point. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's so much cheaper. It's easier to get. And, I mean... What did you see uh, OxyContin peak out uh, in your neck of the woods? Because here it was getting over a dollar a milligram. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, OC40, I mean, can we talk about prices? Yeah, anything. Okay, yeah. OC40s, they're going for fucking 40 or $50 a pill, man. Yeah, that's you over know? a buck a milligram. So it, it was like that everywhere. That's, that's so insane. But when you're, when you're that sick, like, you can't – you have to. It's either that or die, it, it, it seems like. And it's hard to explain what that's like to someone that's never been through it before. And you can tell the doctors at that clinic, like, they, they really believed in what they were doing. They, they 
they actually cared and it was it was interesting because I've been to other detox places and you're just like a number at some of them and they don't really they give a shit. They want you to hurt. They think Almost, like, for like some you reason need it. it's going to, you know, like, oh, you're going to remember it. But, dude, that's... And I had a friend when I got back that was kind of mad because he he got into some stuff, mostly alcohol related, and he got in trouble. Like, he got law problems. And he thought that I kind of, I kept getting the easy way out because I'd never been in trouble for it or anything. It was just strictly the addiction to deal with. And like, he kind of had this resentment almost that like, you, you got the easy way out and I had to do like jail time and got my car taken and you know, this and that. And I don't know, it kind of made me think that like, I wonder if I started going to meetings and there was like old heroin addicts from back in the day that actually had to put in their time and like cold turkey detox if they like look down on us that go through these other kinds of detoxes and that are for the most part fairly painless like in comparison to what i should be feeling like right now like i feel fine which i mean the sleepless nights and stuff like that but you just put it into comparison of what you would be feeling like otherwise and i think they they look down on that like you didn't put in your time to get clean you took the easy way out you know like you're just a little suicide girl or something you know something like that i don't think people would say that in a meeting well because no, but, that's not the place or the time right you know like regardless everyone is there for the same reason it's because they have an addiction sure no matter how you deal with it they they i think they preach acceptance yeah. And so however just, you got over it, it would and you even like, said yourself that it wasn't easy. Yeah, no, definitely it wasn't not. Something but in you, comparison, it was a walk in the park. I mean, yeah, but like you said, I'm, um yeah, I, it's I, relative. It, it's, it's all relative. You're probably going to find people that have either weaned themselves down over a period of time. Sure. Because they n- knew that they weren't going to be able to continue to use or Probably a lot of legal detoxes. Somebody getting busted. The ones that with, get in trouble and detox in jail, right? Or something, and which is like my worst nightmare. Super I rough. But I, I also don't that. think that cures the addiction. Going through a withdrawal no. doesn't necessarily cure your addiction. I honestly, I think hallucinating and what you are shown and what you learn might be one of the best ways to do that. Like, you, in in what other capacity can you get put into that open frame of mind? And then be shown things and not even fight it, understand it, and and work with it and say, oh, no shit, I'm such an idiot, thank you, and then move on to the next one. Like, I don't think you could get that experience in any other way. Like, you have to hallucinate. Yeah, I mean, uh, they say it's equivalent to 30 years of psychotherapy, and I (laughs) I don't know about 30 years, but I definitely agree that it's somewhat like psychotherapy. It's so introspective, and that's something else I kept reading, that ayahuasca is a very intense trip, but it's outward. It's into the universe, into the ether. Uh, and ibogaine is the exact opposite. It's all within. It's it's all about your subconscious and its subconscious and just having a, that conversation. I honestly heard my subconscious talking to me. <laughs> yeah, that was also in the trip report, right? What what was what was the conversation like for you? You know what? I don't remember it, but I just distinctly remember hearing this Fair voice enough. coming from the left side of where I was in iboga world, and it just kept telling me things and i was just oh yeah like shit like you're right thank you future me or past me or yeah inner inner me yeah now when i when i first went in they they give you headphones of this pre-mix that they made specifically for this 
Now, me, being the avid tripper that I like to think I was, I brought Spongle, God Particle, I brought some Ott, I brought some Analog Pussy, I brought some Astral Projection, a lot of this cool, trippy, dark Goa trance. A lot of that is intense, though. Dude. I started Everything you out, just labeled was would be way the, too hard. I asked for the lady. I, I was like, you know, can I listen to my own stuff? I, I brought you know my own mix, and she's like, see, but no, boom, 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 boom. I was like, no, it's right. not hardcore. Like that's why I associate like everything you just labeled. I know what some of that but is. Dude, I couldn't. I got into it. No I couldn't differentiate what I was hearing in my headphones and what was going on in the room. And Dude, the God Particle album has this one part where it's like quarters dropping into a, a metal bowl, and it rolls around and around, and it does it like stereophonically in your headphones, and that it was almost too much. Like <laughs> it put me in this over accelerated. I asked her at one point. I, I said, uh, "Headphones, your headphones," and she came over and like pulled mine out. And I had it unplugged because I was going to – and she plugged it back in and put them back on my <laughs> head and said, there you go. You better now. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> so the rest of the time I'm just listening to this and I, I don't know, man. I, it really shaped the rest of my trip from that point on. It was, it was <laughs> quite possibly a mistake. <laughs> dude, I had a, I, I could have told you I that. I take my headphones off after like 15 minutes, man. It was just like – I don't know if they gave me a different MP3 player or something after, but it was just like static or something weird. Like I'm sure there was music, but I wasn't hearing it, man. I was just hearing like static and like I w- that could have been part of their their audio well, mix, though. You know, like something no, because to- in mine when it first started, I heard the didgeridoo, and they said you'll hear a buzzing, and that's just part of the thing, and. It got loud. Like, I was like, who the fuck is playing a didgeridoo in here in my head? Get out of my head. I'm going crazy. Who took Oh, the music you took. That's so funny. I I was just trying to listen to Sublime for the first 10 minutes of my trip, and they. they Could you understand words, AJ? uh, Because I couldn't understand any words. Like, it was all just. What I was about to say was that uh, the person I tripped with. he actually, he he wasn't like good at Spanish, like sober. <laughs> but he was actually speaking Spanish like fluently. On the <laughs> no like, I don't know, man. Did you? They said uh, when you go in, some of the side effects are vo- uh, vomiting and stuff because of the way the ataxia works when you're in there and everything vibrates. And the more you move your head, I, I felt this a lot when I was laying down and it felt like somebody was pushing me up and down, but that I was literally off of the bed. I was levitating in midair doing this <laughs> and then it turned into waves. So instead of perfectly up and down movement, it was like the wave and I'd open my eyes and it would completely stop, but it literally felt like I was just in the air. I think that's that disconnect. But my neighbor, who, you know, two at a time go in, he was in there for alcohol and cocaine, and he vomited quite a bit. And that's, at, at that point, I put my headphones back on and, like, just started dealing with whatever music. I just threw it on random. I was like, all right, let's do this. Uh, did you come out with uh, all of your fluids I- inside? AJ? Yeah, actually, I was fine. I didn't nice. uh, experience any nausea or vomiting at all. Um you know, even when I was uh, walking to the bathroom, I mean, it's a fucking trip having that, having to hold the saline bottle. You're like, God damn, what the 
fuck is this? This is actually pumping enemy? Like I know. I kept, like, putting it off as long as possible because I tried to get up for a sec, and it was not happening. Plus, you're in a dark room, and as soon as that door opens, it's literally blinding. It's like God. If there, like, I, it's so bright and just, like, it hits you. It physically hits you and you just, so you hold it. And and then once you finally go, the nurse, like, kind of drags you to the bathroom. Like, you feel so much better. But then all you think about is the IV just filling you back up again. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) I don't want to pee anymore. (laughs) Shit. Now, you... I you, have the longest fucking pisses, dude. dude <laughs> yeah. like, Try to stand God. there and not look in the mirror. Because I always remember from Acid, I, like, I you get lost myself, in your... Like, I cannot look in the mirror, you know? It like, was so crazy. So you had a little freakout episode, did you not? Um, You want to talk about that? You wanna, yeah. You want to work you know, through it? Sure, you want to work through some uh, things? I honestly don't remember it. I mean, this was retold to me afterwards. But uh, so apparently one time in the middle of my trip, uh, I'm not sure how long into it, I requested to go use the bathroom. Um, I stood up, right? But um, as I was waiting for the nurse, apparently I went back to Iboga World, thought the nurse was a fucking demon or some hell spawn or some shit like that. <laughs> and uh, me personally, I'm uh, Chinese, so I don't know if I was using some fucking training from a past life. I just have this in my DNA or whatever, but I just starting out. I just started out busting fucking kung fu like Bruce Lee style. You were like Hong Kong fooey on this poor nurse, and the way she <laughs> described it, not being able to speak English, she was like, "What?" I said, "No, no, no, it's okay." No, no. It was the funniest thing. I, and I couldn't. Apparently, it took the nurse and the three hundred pound doctor to hold me back and pull me back into the bed. So. That's crazy. And I asked the doctor, like he he wondered what his patients saw him as, like when he was because the the nurses are always in the room, and then every few hours the doctor comes in and just. He kind of opens the door, blinds you with the light, and then stands in front of it. And to me, I saw this horned helmet, staff-holding, fire-like shaman just standing there with this weird Cheshire Cat-ish grin on his face. And I wanted to say, I I couldn't say anything. And He just stood there and smiled, and that's how I, I knew it was okay. <laughs> What what did you see him as, AJ? I I honestly don't remember seeing the doctor while I was tripping hard. I honestly just remember the trip most of the time. I mean, honestly, for me, it was like even when I was back in reality, everything that was surrounding me was still like somewhat like got added to by the ibogaine. So, for example, like I was telling you. Uh, one time I woke up, I was just sitting in the bed, right? In the, in the, in the administration, in the Ibogaine room. But I thought, even with my eyes open, everything looked completely different. I thought I was in a fucking random ass hotel room in Mexico City. What happened, what led up to that was, I guess, I had a vision beforehand when I went back to sleep. I was, uh, I went crazy I turned into a half hedgehog, half man, fucking 
mutant and like vivid like literally this yeah. was you yeah this was me this was me i was inside my me. body i escaped the fucking ibogaine clinic went crazy <laughs> went nuts killed a bunch of cancunians oh no ended up in a hotel in mexico city or something <laughs> that's so crazy and then when you opened your eyes what you're just back in the room right no i was in oh, a you hotel were there? room in mexico city man oh wow <laughs> And I saw the nurse, too. And I saw the nurse, too. And I knew it was the nurse. But I thought, like, for some reason, she was just got sent to take care of me in Mexico City or something. Wow. But uh, it, it, was, it wasn't like a freak out at that point. I just felt like, I don't know, I just had, got this aura of, like, uh, motherly love from her. I don't know. Yeah, they, you really did. When you were in the trip, like, they... I don't know if they worked on it or if it's just, you know, again, your subconscious, but they put out some really good vibes. The nurse kept tucking me in and, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. holding my that's, arm that's... and just, like, comforting. It was, it was weird. It, it was nice, but it was, I don't know, it was different, you know? Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, you got to take that? <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't a call. I accidentally uh, pressed oh, okay. on my iTunes. Okay, no problem. So, overall, would you say that it was worth it? Are you glad you did it? No regrets? Oh, I want to do it again, bro. <laughs> I was thinking that, like, how different would it be if you're not detoxing? If you strictly went for, and maybe you'd take less, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to be back in a bed for 24 hours, but I wonder what the trip would be like if it's not doing all this work on your body, you know, if, if it would be more spiritual. Because I would have loved to explore those visions and where you could go even more than I, I was so caught up in, like, trying to fix myself and trying not to let everyone here down that I just came back and relapsed. You know, I was... I was like really working. I was trying to fix this and work my way through it. But if you didn't have all of that on your mind, because obviously whatever you go in thinking, it's going to be amplified. So that's where your trip ends up. But like if you were just, I'm just here on a vision quest. I just want to hang out and see where my spirit goes or something. Yeah, for uh, for what it's worth, I hear that people who uh, take the iboga just to, uh, you know, for psycho-spiritual reasons... They actually see more of the uh, Bwiti visions. The Bwiti is the uh, religious cult in West Africa in Gabon that uh, use uh, iboga as a sacrament. But yeah, I hear that people who use it for psycho-spiritual reasons, they see more of the uh, Bwiti ancestors. Hmm. They get uh, African visions. It's like their rite of passage. And I think, I don't know if it was you or if it was uh, the other kid that was in there with us, but somebody said they they got dragged through the forest, through the rainforest, to meet the shaman. And they were like, they were so adamant that they had gone there and they didn't know how they had gone there, but they were there and they like, they were being carried by these bleedy tribesmen and it, yeah, man, just so vivid and real. Was that you? That wasn't you. No, was it AJ? That was not, that was not me. Mm -mm. But, oh yeah. Uh, that sounds like quite a trip. That sounds interesting. I know. Actually. It, that's amazing. Uh, did you feel that, like, you, you did a lot of research beforehand, right? And, and watched all the videos, I'm sure, that we all looked at and, and did all the reading. Did yeah. it Did it live up to that, like, a miracle? Like, I mean, they kept us comfortable, and, and I don't know. What, were you totally satisfied? 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, going into it, I was kind of anxious, a little scared, just because of the, you know, the death statistics. But once the iboga hits you, I don't know if it's something that it does to your brain, but I mean, I felt completely relaxed, completely serene. And, uh, you know, right after the trip, I felt like I was on cloud nine, you know, reborn, actually. Reset, right? That That's something we kept hearing in all the videos we watched. Everybody was like, it's a reset. It's a reset for your brain. You start over. It's- and, you know, what's interesting is uh, I got back, you know, and I saw my buddies, uh the other day and they all said like wow like you seem like you've changed a lot like they said like i seem more chill like more stoked on life like more alive right you're not in that zombie uh that that tranquilized state anymore mm-hmm, exactly so you know definitely i i think like i've uh learned a lot from the iba game yeah for sure ian have you have you pondered on w- like, what's your perception on how long a day is now? Like, in comparison to when you were using to now. Like, you know, when you get up in the morning and, and do you notice that there seems to be a lot more time during the day? AJ? Oh, um. Are your days dragging ass? <laughs> or more of, like, are you questioning, like, what in the, like. Reassessing like from a personal, your. From a personal experience, it's more like. I'm noticing how okay I was with doing nothing. And now that, yeah. you know, and being sober or whatever, I I can't do nothing. I, I, I get anxious. I, I feel like I should be doing something. And I, I equate a lot it to more my uppity. mind is bored now. Right. It feels you like, for me personally. To, uh, it feels like you have to kind of rebuild your life after, to be honest. Like, you can't just, you know, sit there anymore vegging out online and just, you know, have that dopamine <laughs> Facebook is just not as fun as it used to be. I don't know right. what the fuck. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, when I was in the deep, deep into, into using, um, I started losing interest for everything I loved. You know, I stopped watching movies. I stopped listening to music. Stop fucking. Stopped, stopped. Uh, you know, fucking around on the video games. But afterwards, man, it's like you need to, like, fill up your time with something. Like, when I got out, music sounded fucking amazing, even sober. Um, <laughs> you know, I mentioned, I mentioned to Matt earlier that... Um, I guess it might be the metabolites from the ibogaine, which is noribogaine. It's deposited in, in the fatty tissues and uh, slowly metabolizes and reaches your brain. For up, up to, to what, 100, 120 days? Yep. Depending on how much fat your body has. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know if it was that or not, but it seriously felt like I took like a little tiny dose of molly and every time, like, I would be listening to Actually, electronic music and there would be a good drop Did or something. Did you get, like, a good tingling sensation? A tingling sensation, you know, that, like, little molly <laughs> rush. That's not the ibogaine, brother. Yeah, that's, uh, that's called pause. Just a little bit. Um, a little bit. That's so funny. <laughs> so, would you say that this is... I, I want to see this. I want to go work with the doctor and help do studies on this now. And I heard from a couple other people that we were in there with. They want to go start their own clinics now. Some guy was like, I want to go to the Bahamas and start one. And like, Dude, I was thinking I about starting a, China fucking, uh, starting a clinic in fucking China, man. <laughs> Going back to the homeland. Is, but shit, dude. That would help a lot of my brothers. I know. I mean, just think about how... 
how much of a zombie opiate epidemic Purdue Pharma started, and then ABGs, and I mean all all of the companies that had their own generic versions of it. There's so many people out there that feel like there is no way out for them at this point. Their doctor has them on Suboxone or Methadone for the rest of their lives, and there's really no way out at that point. You're Ibogaine is literally a magic, God-given <laughs> medicinal plant. Like I, there's no other way to explain it. Like to be honest, how is it that there's this fucking shrub? in middle of nowhere, West Africa, that just has existed for thousands of years, and about 60 years ago, we just discovered, it's like... Some heroin addict, and we mentioned the, the story about how it was discovered, and then he, he didn't have... Lots of- yeah, and he didn't have the, the cravings for heroin the next day. He was like, what the fuck? And then, you know, the doctor got a hold of him, and they, they did their thing, but yeah, that's... It's... It's like a uh, medicine man, like wandering through the Amazon, finding the cure for cancer. Like, I, I mean, again, I don't want to equate withdrawals and dope sick with cancer, but like, it's, it's that same thing. You know, you're, you're down to the edge of your rope and you're willing to try anything, even if it's bullshit homeopathy or, or acupuncture or something like that. You just, you're reaching, you're grasping for straws and, and then you find this and it's like, is, is it gonna, is it real? Is it too good to be true? Like I kept thinking that, and that I that could be social. It might have been too good be t- to be true first myself, man. It it really is. It's like you know you battle with this fucking disease for you know months and years, and then you just Decades. read online that there's something that you take, you trip, and it's supposed to cure it, like. You yeah. know, like, that was just like three things in a row that were just so perfect for what I wanted to do. Yeah, hallucinate. I like getting high, get cured, <laughs> yeah. and have a vacation in Mexico. Right, <laughs> like going to three. Say, of three. This is perfect. Going to the beach the day after. Oh my the god! Trip was that, so yeah, uh, was I being baptized or something? It like, was amazing. Shit, the ocean felt. Oh my god! I mean everything. Like. I used to drink rock stars and eat Butterfingers like all day at work. And now like I can barely even tolerate one. The taste is just so overwhelming and smoking cigarettes. Like, I don't know, man, I don't, I haven't really been smoking that much. I'm still on the last bag of tobacco. My mom got me from the airport. <laughs> like when I got here, it, it's interesting. I was, I was going to say that, uh, w- we were talking about addiction as a disease, you know, and that's, that's not you know, America's, public view i mean like america views addiction as a criminal problem not a medical problem which is a huge but addicts problem. all recognize that it is not a criminal problem right. and like, a kid we were in there with is from massachusetts and they have a law in place that says if if you got in trouble for that and you want to get better like they will treat it as a medical thing and let you get better but again not every state has that right and it, it depends if if you get popped by the cops or if you just choose to like willingly say you know this is going nowhere i need help and and then get it um and that could have created some of the concern for other people you know like yeah. the the common view is that the homeopathic the natural things aren't as effective, you know, like a lot of America's public is is skeptical of that kind of stuff, right? You know, if it's not branded by the FDA, they're unsure about it. And then again, because it's illegal here, that raises some concern. Yeah, and it's it's really sad that something this amazing, like after going through it and coming out the other side and just seeing light and 
just being non-reliant on these pills anymore. Like it's, it's so amazing to, what do you think about somebody that hasn't been on hallucinogenic trips before? I like, that was one thing we kept asking new people before when, when new people would come in, we were like, have you ever tripped before? And I remember the one girl that was in and out, like the whole time I was there, she was like, no, I like to be in control. And like (laughs) all of us outside just lost it. We were like, (laughs) no, Fucking way! I gotta stay around for this because this is gonna be amazing. Like, and, dose her first. We d- all want to yes, watch. We all want to watch. <laughs> it's like the old school journalist watching the dudes getting fried on the electric chair, just like sitting in the room on the pews, just like oh, look, she's on the ceiling. Oh my god, that's amazing. But she actually came out of it. I think even a little better than we did. I don't think she had near the habits that we did. But she and I asked the doctor if if. Ibogaine works differently on a male brain compared to a female brain because you have way different levels of different hormones and completely different hormones than we have. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> a little bit, but it's hard to, it's hard to tell because everyone's so different. And like, we're all having a hard time sleeping. And she, I talked to her the other day and she's like, oh, I've been sleeping like a baby. Perfect. Like, and no problem. And what was so, her habit? Uh, p- pills, pills and shit. Not near as long as, as some other people that were in there. There was sure. one dude in there that was like in his late fifties, I think. And he had just a lifer pretty much and you know, been through all these rehabs and this and that, diabetic and like they they were kinda hesitant, I think, about you know You gotta stay an extra week. Yeah. Like are you gonna die if we do this? Are you cool? And you signed a lot of papers. Like did you do you remember that? Just like your life, this is a un uh, an experimental treatment like you're in mexico just like papers to participate in some medical experiment yeah I, I that, that i felt like rats on cocaine that youtube show just like getting studied and stuff and i i was cool with it because i this needs to get out there this is like people like Irvin rosenfeld who we've had on the show before about his cancer and how cannabis helps slow down the tumors Instead of having surgeries every year, he's having them like every five years now. It's in that same, like, here's a plant that is just so helpful for the dumb shit we get ourselves into, you know? And it, I don't know, it's so stifled. And that that sucks, because, man, having withdrawals fucking sucks, dude. And so many people deal with that. And this could be a a nice trip out for him, you know? You know, I've heard uh, taking Ibogaine being compared to, um, you know, instantly being at the sixth week, sixth week of a uh, rehab, and I would definitely agree with that. And are um, you, you going know, to? Furthermore, I'd have to say, like, how the fuck can these rehab clinics exist where you pay fucking thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand? Yeah, just be in pain for like. A, three months or right? even the state-run facilities where they just like tie you to a bed and put you in a room for a couple weeks and just let you deal like i couldn't imagine that compared to these other modalities yeah and there you have it we have this freaking treatment modality where it's painless you only have to take it once or tw- twice and you're literally cured you know it's not dealing with the symptoms you're literally cured physically and psychologically. You know, do you it's, think it's quite, that it's quite be, a because of the trip? Is is it necessary to follow up with all this counseling and stuff? Because they seem they seem like they really wanted you to do that. Maybe more for the support structure, I guess. But like, 
they felt that you really needed to go see somebody like a couple days a week and and I, I don't know like is to you know what I help think you stay I would, clean uh, or? I would tend to agree with them just because of the fact that um you know to be honest you know to be realistic the ibogaine it's not going to last forever in your system you know it does leave your system in uh, three to four months. Do you think it all comes back at that point? Could you imagine? I would be so pissed. I would go I back down there and just kick back, some ass. But I mean, and you just don't feel like you're on cloud nine anymore, if you know what I mean. You're well, I actually felt like stone that for, cold sober. You know, I have felt like that for a while, though. Because I, I didn't get the rest of the week off like I was going to. I was going to just relax and put reality back together once I got home. Like The day after I got back, I had to go right back to work again. So I didn't have that settling kind of part that they were like, you know, don't go right back into everything because you'll relapse just like that. It's like, oh, that's comforting. Thanks. Well, environmental influence can be a really big deal. Stress, work stresses. Some guy called the clinic and talked to the doctor and was like, I'm having withdrawals again. And the doctor's like, no, you're not. You just, you dealt with, he had like some business problem or something. Right. And he usually said when, when he would deal with that, he would get high. And then... Like you said earlier, just deal I just, with it. Just deal with it. I'll just sit here all day. I don't give a fuck. Right. And so when you don't have that to turn to, like he, his mind put him in these ghost withdrawals. I mean, I, I don't want to. Or just that stress. He hadn't had to deal with that stress in so right. long because right. he was using a chemical to deal with that stress. Yep. You know, instead of having to to mentally deal with it, it was more of a chemically. It is a different covered. kind of coping mechanism. It's like fight or flight or get high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The, the third option. I'll, I'll take choice C, C. Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're still feeling good then AJ and, and happy and, and alive. Yeah. You know, not a zombie anymore. You know, it feels great. It's like, um, you know, the chains on your mind, the chains on your body, not having to wake up every day in pain just to think, how the fuck am I going to get money to feel yeah. normal? It's you that know, whole that's way of gone. life. It's such a relief, you know? It starts wearing on a soul and on a person. Like, you can only... I, I don't even know how the fuck I kept it up for so long. And it's... The longer it goes, like, the worse you're going to end up. And you just don't care. Like, you're in it for the duration. You've well accepted the fact that I will be taking pills every day for the rest of my life. And that is fine with me. And then, like, when you get out of that, it's... What's up? I'm saying it's a scary thought, you know, to have to rely on shit for the rest of your life. And you know how bad it hurts if you don't. And so that all of that comes into play. And... I mean, depending on where you live, some people will have it easier than others. I couldn't imagine dealing with something like this in New York or in L.A. or something. You know, it, it would just be, I don't know, it would be too much. And you definitely wouldn't let it go on for that long, I, I don't think. I mean, uh, what, what are your plans for uh, aftercare? Are you going to go to any meetings? I'm after? doing it right now. To, uh, I'm doing it. This is it. Podcasting. Aftercare. <laughs> It's definitely therapeutical. No, I could definitely no, see. No, for sure. <laughs> We've been doing this for a few years, and it after a show, man, you're just like, ah. <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes you're just frustrated and want to <laughs> leave to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we did. Uh, did you have any closing thoughts on the Ibogaine? We had a couple of uh, marijuana stories that were sent in to us while I was gone I wanted to uh, discuss. But any closing thoughts, AJ? Just... Mad props for the Ibogaine Clinic in Cancun, Mexico. Uh, you know, I 
activism, you know, spreading the word. Like, this is, we literally have this miracle substance that can save the lives of thousands, if not millions of people. And it's not well known. Like, in this day and age of information. Yeah, like, Google it. Google what? (laughs) I don't even know what to Google anymore. But yeah, we'll definitely. I I want to start an Ibogaine podcast now. I don't know. <laughs> we need another show, I think. But yeah, definitely. In in hindsight, like for I listened back to the the last Hotbox and the last Boss, and how like we were talking about it, like it was going to be this super fun kind of scary thing, and it 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 was hard work, but it was fun. I mean, if you like to hallucinate, like I I highly recommend it. So. Uh, you know, I wouldn't even call it hallucinations, man. It's more like dreams or visions. If you like dreaming, you're not <laughs> in the real world. Like stuff <laughs> in the real world is not like changing to like a hallucination. Like, do you understand what what I mean? Like, yeah, I do. I mean, I've eaten all sorts of hallucinogenics, and I I've never really been disassociated with my body. Well, with few exceptions. But, like, what you guys are describing is usually, like, uh, you know, if if somebody just kind of tuned into the conversation in the middle of one of your trip stories, it, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but sometimes when people claim that they've done a hallucinogenic drug and then they start talking about what they experienced, you can kind of immediately tell they're full of shit because stuff like that doesn't <laughs> happen on that drug. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know what I'm saying? Like getting transported into your body and you're seeing this, you know, this, this transparent cell of ibogaine, you know, that's the kind of, of hallucination or uh, place that I don't Some think those other substances really come close to getting you there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get pretty fucking high on some other shit, but I, the disassociation is unique. It really, and I think that's what, and we then, were talking about that for the withdrawals. I think that's yeah. what saves you, is it fully disconnects you from your nerves, and I mean, you feel it. Like, I was, at one point, I had this vision that I was Link from The Legend of Zelda, and I was in my brain, but it was this <laughs> labyrinth, and that little fairy thing from the game was this Iboga spirit, and it was showing me which synopses and dendrites and all this shit to cut and, like, use the boomer. It was so fucking real, though. Like, it Dude, that tripped awesome. me out. It was, like, cartoony almost. I was like, what the fuck? So, was it Wind Waker Link, or was it, uh... <laughs> it was Arc Arena Link. So, oh, Kelly, yeah. um, the girl that was in there with us is online, finally. I want to just talk to her for a sec here. If yeah, we, yeah. If we can get her on. Oh, it's ringing. Sorry, hey, you're live on the Hotbox with hey, Ian. Hey, Kelly, what up? And Hello. Jess and what AJ. Up? Hey, guys. How are you doing, lady? I'm good. Sitting by the pool, hanging out in the sun. Nice. Now, we were mentioning earlier, we were just kind of talking about our experiences in the vision world, uh, if you will, and talking about how you were the only female that came in and out of that place that we saw and, and how it maybe was different on your brain and stuff. Uh, what do you remember from, from the visions and, and such? Well, it was pretty much the same. It was like a movie theater, kind of like sitting in a movie theater, seeing images, you know. Just watching it. Yeah, just kind of sitting back watching it. Um, it was pretty um, intense, you know. And um, We mentioned also that you were the one that said, because we always asked everyone if they've tripped before, and you were the one that said, no, I like to be in control, <laughs> and we are all like, <laughs> Well, 
put it like this. If I'm, you know, if I'm going to do drugs, I want to be in control of what drug I'm doing. And I just really don't like the whole hallucinogenic feeling and, you know, being completely out of control and not being able to get a grip on it. And that sounds crazy coming from a ex-drug addict, but. Did you feel like you were losing it at any point, or did you pretty much, you were like, oh, oh this yeah. is... Oh, yeah, I did in the beginning. I kind of felt like, you know, uh, especially when I got vertigo. I kind of got vertigo in the beginning. Right, so was, and you didn't know what to expect of, yeah. from any kind of other trip before, so you had, like, no, no. idea. No, I just kind of thought, you know, shit, I needed something to hold on to because <laughs> I, I wasn't sure what was, ha- what was coming at me next, you know. It was kind of <laughs> crazy... And the off-the-wall music kind of made it even really, really intense. Next it was stop, like, for me, it was nine. about 23 hours of constant. That is, I, I don't know, I'm really impressed that you hadn't had any other hallucinogenic experiences, per se, and then you jump in with this one. Yeah, like, how did you find the place? <laughs> I, know. I know, right? Well, it's, it's uh, very brave. I know, I, I thought the same. I kind of tried to back out like maybe a couple times, but I kind of was in a position that um, I didn't have a choice. To get. <laughs> I had to get clean because of the DUI that I got in Texas. So um, I didn't want to go to jail for six months. So I thought, well, this is my last resort. Let me try this. I've tried everything else. And if you come back and be like, but judge, I just went on a 24-hour fucking vision quest here. Like, have some mercy. I'm still hallucinating a little bit. No, but, you know, I did have to tell my probation officer, and that was pretty interesting, trying to explain what I just went and did, you know, especially going out of the country and all that. Why you had to go to Mexico because of the DEA's fucked up drug scheduling? Like, yeah, you made me do like, this. So you, you went out of the country to do a Schedule 1. I'm like, well, technically, my probation didn't start until, like, you know, I called you on Tuesday. So. He's like, well, technically, you're in jail now. <laughs> technically, but she kind of let it let me slide. But then she's like, well, I want a letter from the clinic. I was like, oh, God, here we go. Well, that's no problem. Those two doctors were more than happy to help in any capacity, you know? Right. Absolutely. They were very nice. So I was, pretty, I was pretty, you know, grateful. Your probation officer. I mean, it's oh, been, I don't know, it's been, what, a week now? And no cravings, lots of energy. Um, my mind is, like, really clear. Um, is your mind bored? I mean, is, does your mind get sorry, would, bored at all? Yeah, that's the problem. That's probably the number one problem I was going to tell you that I'm dealing with is, you know, I, I didn't realize you know, being high consumes so much time. And I'm starting to think that I probably was high the whole time I was awake. Because now I'm like, well, what do I do? You know, like, I'm going to Starbucks. I haven't been to Starbucks in probably seven years. And I'm trying to, like, think of things that I can do to entertain myself. That's what, yep. Yep. Oh, and I'm sorry. And, I, I'm the worst host ever. I didn't know if you wanted your real name or not. <laughs> uh, what should we call you? Oh, you can call me Kelly. Okay, Kelly. I, I just wasn't sure if that. So this is Kelly, everyone. We met her. Like I said, she was the only female that was in and out while we were there, and and we all like went to the beach and had fun and and went through this trip together. Like I think that just all of us that ended up becoming friends, like just from all over the states, and had nothing in common except for this drug habit. <laughs> like we became good friends. It's weird how that that one thing in common kind of like connects everybody there. And then the trip itself and, and such. Well, we had well, we had two things in common. We all had drug problems and then we all had Ibogaine. <laughs> yeah, and then, exactly. And then somewhere in the middle, you know, 
everybody comes from different backgrounds, but, you know, we, you know, we're all human. So, yeah, it was fun. We all made friends, and uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was really good. And actually, I had such a good experience. Um, my um, old assistant that worked for me um, actually got her on drugs on accident. Like, oops. And she's going this week. Is she really? Yeah, That's she's so going cool. this week because she's like, well, if you can do it, I can do it. And I was like, well, and she's kind of young. She's a lot younger than I am, and she's done the hallucinogenic thing before, so I think she'll do a lot better with it than I did. I don't think that, well, listening to these guys talk, it didn't sound like the experiences that that they had previous really gave them much ground to stand on after they, uh, the ibogaine hit them. Like the, the come up was a lot different than the effects of the other drugs and the, you know, just the, the blatant intensity, it doesn't necessarily compare to the use of other hallucinogenics. Yeah, I always felt, I always heard that they were fun, and this was nothing that, like, it felt like I was in school, you know, get out your pen and paper and start working. The and best I mean, it was, one-liners. I know. It was literally 23 hours of work. Like, our group just had so much helpful information for all the new people that showed up. We were like, what do you need to know about? <laughs> we got this covered. It was great. So, Kelly, uh, can you recall any specific uh, visions that you had on the Ibogaine? Um, you know, they, they start getting, you know, you start losing them. They were really uh, vivid when it came out. Um, yeah, I think one, one vision that I had that I can remember was when I was small playing the piano in, like, second grade, somewhere like that. Which was really helpful because I was thinking when I saw this, what the hell does this have to do with <laughs> me or you know, what, what, what does this have to do with anything? What's and the then puzzle here? I kind of saw that and then I saw a couple things in my future and uh, I realized that, you know, you kind of put those together. Your brain kind of like, you know, takes that image and then the next image. And what I got out of seeing that was I didn't do really good when I was taking the piano lessons. And I actually quit because I didn't, you know, want to do it. And that kind of caused me to have this problem with failure. So if I fell in anything, you know, that kind of, you know, is what kind of pushed me into my drug problem. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm an overachiever. And see, I think that's that's key in this whole thing. Like, like we talked about earlier, if you could just take the ibogaine and not hallucinate but still get detox, like it wouldn't have such a profound effect that it does while it's cleaning you that you're getting shown all of your past fuck ups and then like it, I think uh, AJ described it as like a deck of cards. Just it's so right. like fast and and one after another. And if if you don't get one, it's fine. We'll come back to it and like just moving, 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 keep going. Moving. And, yeah, I think Constantly. I think that's integral. That's key to you know staying clean and being you know doing whatever you want to do next. Like, if you didn't have that introspection, I don't think it would be near as, uh, it wouldn't it work I don't, as well. I don't think it would because I think now I kind of, you know, going through the treatment and, and I realize, you know, it's okay to fail. Everybody fails. That's what makes you yeah, better. Yeah, you got to cut yourself some and, slack every now and then. And, you know, I'm in business and that's like, you know, a no-no, failure, failure. But, you know, now <laughs> I know that, you know, can't always win. Obviously, so um, I think doing the ibogaine, it doesn't. It's not just for the fact that it gets you off the drugs, and you know that alone saves your life. Yes, and it kills. You know, it stops all the cravings. That alone keeps you clean. But also the um, 
the mental part where it takes you and you, you kind of, it's like a soul searcher. You figure out where you went wrong, why you went wrong, and how you're going to do better in the future. So it actually fixes the psychological part of the problem and also the physical. So Are you, you going to... Are you going to begin playing piano now? <laughs> no, I'm not. I have I've had somebody else ask me that and I think that I'm okay with that one. That's no, I'm not gonna try. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> well very cool. And we we're we we're, we're gonna get another guy that was uh, there with us, but he was having some Mac problems, which I find very amusing because you know, it just works, it's fine. It's not now. Uh, so maybe just we'll, not now. Just not now. It, it works, I swear. Just not right now. Hold on. Give me a minute. I need to spend more money on it. Hold on. Awesome. Maybe if I put Every, a couple hundies in the CD I was like, drive. It was so funny. Everybody down there had like their Macs and their iPods and shit. And I had like this Transformer tablet that's all Android and my phone. And that was it. And they so great. Oh, man. Uh, all right. Well, I think that's gonna about do it. Did you guys have any like any any last thoughts, Kelly? Like, do you, would you want to do this again, not detoxing, but just for like a, a spiritual vision quest type of thing, or are you good? No, I'm good. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, that might be what keeps me clean. Is the ideal, you know, the thought that I'd have to go do that again. No, is I'm knowing good. that not only did I, I have to do that, wrong. I had fun there. <laughs> Yeah, it was good times. But you think like not only do I have to do that again, but I have to drop another seven grand. <laughs> that right. that in and of itself and is that, is a and good. That's kind of like yeah. I mean, and I kind of added that up, and that's like a month for me on drugs. Yeah, so. exactly. Right. Like we're so resourceful in how we live that life that if we applied that much motivation, if I to thought anything else, if I thought being broke was gonna make me sick and want to kill myself, like <laughs> I would be out there hustling on the daily. Like, but you just uh, exactly you sell it in on the corner. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Taking one for the team, like it ain't no thing. <laughs> and the show with a little OCG. What was that called again? From last AMG. AMG. <laughs> oh my god! Blast from the past. It was awesome. Uh, AJ, any any final words, sir? Um, boosters. Fantastic. I, it was great meeting you guys. And I, I did, uh, beside the, the amazing trip, like it, it was fun just hanging out and meeting new people and hearing their stories and being like, wow, that's just like all of our stories right? and, and everything. Right. And uh, yeah, well, I'm glad you guys called and we'll have to do this again sometime. It, it was fun. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. All right, AJ, it's been a slice, man. Definitely, bro. It was, uh, it was great talking, you know. We definitely have to uh, get the word out on this amazing substance, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I offered to go down there. If they flew me back down there to do a documentary uh, about the whole place and everything, and uh, David, the guy that runs the place, was all about it. He's like, I'll get you on a plane right back here. Like, get there and then get your stuff and come back. I was like, well... Okay, but but then he he ended up leaving. I think I didn't see him when I got when by the time I had to leave. But I would, line that up. Let's go. Uh, right. Let's go. Uh, all right. Well, line that up. Let's uh, go. I got his uh, his are info. You, are you good at shooting? I don't shooting have shit to stuff? do, and I'm going I there anyway. A, I got a buddy that does actual like uh, he's actually a heroin addict as well. But he's a uh, um, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fucking a. Uh, he does like commercial like uh, video production. Thing. 
stuff like yeah he uh he worked on music videos for that one band uh from actually where we're from uh, i don't know if you've heard of them but young the giant no so, yeah i don't know they're this uh new indie band but uh yeah i mean like he totally does like commercial filming and stuff so that'd be interesting you know yeah that would be i got a guy i mean we have a youtube account over on the the jamhole.com slash YouTube, I think. And it, the hotbox has one up there too, but there's a ton of videos up there. Like I shoot. And then we had for a few of them, this guy in Canada, uh, Keith McNally, he was doing all the editing. So we've made some documentaries and we've followed like the, the medical marijuana thing and done conferences and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I don't know that there needs to be a good, like indefinite, like this is the last word from start to finish. Here is what you will expect. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. I'm down. Get in touch with them. Let's grab our gear and go. I'm already half packed. You're ready you to go right now. <laughs> I'm already half packed. Like, I'm counting days. Uh, oh, I I'm bet. like, I'm so 42 days. Gotta, I have 42 I wanna days to go. I want to go with you go. so bad. You, oh, man. So bad. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. And uh, AJ, we'll, we'll do this again when we can get that other guy on. And then we can all kind of talk to him about his experience. Yeah, it'd be and, interesting to get get input from adrian too i yeah. mean uh, from what i heard from him man i don't know uh, i think it's pretty much has to do with like uh the state of your health beforehand but yeah he told me how he didn't have like any sort of uh you know the side effects that we had in regards to insomnia and restless legs and stuff yeah he's been completely straight the whole time yeah yeah so i mean and I'm just sure. like kelly she sounded like she was pretty much straight the whole time too yeah it just—it depends on the person. I think a lot of your symptoms, though, aren't nece- aren't the it's psychological. Because it's a little withdrawal here. There's and there. so many similarities between what yeah. I'm experiencing and what you guys are experiencing. Yeah. That, and I didn't do any ibogaine. Exactly. So, right. <laughs> you know, I, I went a different route. So, and a lot there's like I said, there's so many similarities. Yeah, and that's I mean, you're not. I I kept just going back to what my mom said and like in comparison you're doing fantastic and a lot of it is probably in our heads and stuff and I mean it, it depends on the duration of the habit and the, the boredom brain, the boredom is is intense. the uneasiness the yeah. anxiousness the not yeah we, we get a lot of that but in comparison it's it's definitely not that bad and did you get any comments about your appearance when you came back yeah I mean, besides you- being more tan that everyone was like <laughs> like my boss and and my mom they were like wow you look like you're alive again like you're not all zombied out and everything yeah, so it's, it's it's weird like i noticed uh for some reason i have like a i noticed like a sparkle in my eye again yeah like it's not like just reflecting light anymore you're actually getting some in there I mean, your pupils, too, you know. I've, this is the first time I've seen my pupils bigger than a you know, size <laughs> of a needle in quite a while. Yeah, definitely. All right, well, yeah, I'm glad we did. And if anybody else listening out there has gone through it or is wanting to go through it, like email info at hotboxpodcast.com. We'll talk to you about it because we definitely need to help spread the word. And like I said, we actually paid for this treatment. We didn't get paid, and we're so – just so happy with the results like i i everybody if you can like this is the way to get out get out while the getting's Uh, good for sure one one last thing uh were you planning on taking any boosters uh after if i could i i would i guess but i don't know as long as i still continue to feel a little better each day i think i'm okay 
Yeah. But if you I mean, can get uh, the good just so stuff, you know, there's a, there is a website um, where they're based in Amsterdam, I believe, and they will uh, send. Uh, they have ibogaine hydrochloride. They have really? the uh, TA. I think it's the total alkaloid, and they also have right. uh, booster capsules. Interesting. So, yeah. I, that, are you thinking about doing that? I'm thinking about uh, maybe ordering a couple of boosters. Yeah, it's uh, pretty uh, reasonably priced. Uh, for 35 capsules, I think it's just the powdered root bark. But, right, uh, it's not the extract. Like, for 60, 65 bucks or something like that? That's not too bad. I mean, in comparison, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, that's you like could one get, day, you know? You could get just complete bunk shit, too. Like, I like how the, the place we went, and I'll put links to their site uh, in the show notes, but they have the whole printout of the lab that it was manufactured in and all of the, the different numbers. I, I didn't understand half of it, but it was like validated. And they said out on the market, you can get basically three kinds. One of them is just the root, which is just weak as hell. The other one's made in this middle class biochemist, but it's not like pharmaceutical grade. And then there's the total that alkaloid. Yep. Right. And then there's that top one, which is what we got, which is like completely pharmaceutical grade extract yeah. like the raw shit you know that that and i i don't know a booster so, would be good but not for more 90% active alkaloids right. the total uh the ta is about 30 to 40% active alkaloids and the root bark is somewhere around like i don't know like 20 <laughs> 10 or something yeah like that. exactly that would be interesting if you do it i uh, i want to hear how it goes and everything so all right well thanks aj I'm glad we got this done finally. Yeah, dude, no problem. Definitely uh, keep keep in touch. I'd definitely be interested in you know spreading the word about this. Yeah, you know? we all got to keep together and stay clean. <laughs> so I'll catch you on Facebook, and I'll uh, I'll let you know when the show gets posted the, tonight. All right, cool, man. All right, stay well, man. Yeah, take care, brother. All right, well there we go. Did you have... I'm sorry, that was probably really just lame and boring for you. I, I kept looking over at you like, oh man, I probably could have just done this. You could have Skyped in or something. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other questions? You good? That's I it. I think we covered everything. All right. Well, well thanks for listening, reason. guys. Yeah, for the most part. Email info at hotboxpodcast.com. Leave us a message, 406-204-4687. Check out the site, hotboxpodcast.com. Matt, Ian, we'll catch you guys uh, sometime soon. Peace out. If you like, you like this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hot Box Podcast.